one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 293 of A Yank of the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're with me. I'm going to be joined in just a moment with uh, by Ben Reeve from the Hoops Show, um, and we're going to be talking all things DeLong Cats and uh, kind of doing a what I've kind of described as a post-mortem and, well... As you can see, if you're first time checking out the show, I am a cat supporter, so I'm a little disappointed by the way the season went. Not terribly surprised, though, the way they played quite, you know, throughout much of the year. But uh, really fun talking with Ben, uh, who does a fantastic job on on his show. Um, I am going to pause my club of the episodes for the time being because we're kind of in the off season for most of the, uh, the country of Australia. I do want to congratulate uh all of the clubs that participated in the USAFL Nationals here um, over the last uh, weekend here in the U.S., um, down in the state of Florida. Uh, looked like it was a rousing success. I did see that Mason Cox, the premiership player from the uh, Magpies, did make the trek there. So good on you, sir, for uh, heading over there to to show your support for the, the athletes here in North America. You are a, a great, great... Uh, resource for them uh and uh so glad that you were able to make that trip now ladies and gentlemen if you do enjoy my podcast and you enjoy the uh, the youtube uh channel as well i do hope you'll subscribe i hope you'll share it with friends of yours as well uh i'm actually recording uh the intro and the outro the uh day of the final uh, opportunities for the trade period so this is about a week and a half two weeks after i've done this interview with with ben so for continuity's sake, I had to make sure I put the correct shirt back on. Uh, so you didn't see me wearing a different shirt and swapping uh, clothes mid-direction or mid-discussion uh, there. So, um, but again, if you enjoy the show, I do hope you'll share it. If you uh, if you really enjoy it, I hope you'll consider heading over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, getting on the mailing list, subscribing over there. If you want to help out the show, you can certainly do that with the uh, buy me a coffee button, or you could... Uh, you know, check out my store page over on Redbubble as well. I've got quite a few things there uh, that are available. If you want to leave a review, you want to leave a great five-star review, I do have a handful of these wonderful Yank of the Footy stickers that I would like to get in the mail to people. So leave me a review and then shoot me an email at yankonthefootygmail.com. Let me know that you left that review for me so I can share it and uh, you know show some of the street cred that I'm hopefully earning from some of you that are checking out the show. And I'll get that uh, sticker out to you as soon as possible. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Ben Reeve. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by my uh, guest for this episode. This is the first of the series of, I guess, postmortems is not the right term or the best term to use, but it's kind of you know, looking at the clubs that did not make the eight in terms of what went wrong, what went right, and what needs to change. Uh, I am joined by uh, Ben Reeve from the Hoops Show on YouTube, and uh, they also do, uh, along with his partner, uh, Paul James, um, interviews on Behind the Play as well. I know they just had a, a coup of an interview on there just a few days ago, which we definitely want to be addressing as well. So, Ben, how are you doing on this morning, sir? 
Mate, I'm loving it today. I, I'm, it's funny. Um, it's it's a just a Wednesday morning for me. It's a little rainy outside, but uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying today. I'm up and about for this interview. I, I lo- I've been looking forward to having a chat with you for the longest time, um, and I love having a chat with a, a fellow Geelong supporter. So I'm I'm up and about and ready to go. Yes, and thank I'm, you for having I'm, me on. I'm you absolutely, and I'm sporting as much Geelong stuff as well. I guess I could put on my my. Uh, uh, winter hat uh, here because it's it hasn't started to cool down yet but it's coming soon you know we were up uh we were up around uh 25 today so it was a nice toasty day here for the fall but uh yeah it's it's coming and we'll be we'll be down to where it's about negative five negative six here in the not too distant mm-hmm. future i think no, I, no I must say i must say too you're looking fantastic actually so well, apart from the not just the geelong clothing that you're wearing well yes you, well you, i i I've been following your journey and you're looking tip top. I appreciate that. I've, uh, I've lost like 167 pounds, which is like 77 kilos, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. I've, I've kind of plateaued a little bit because I've, uh, I've rediscovered popcorn, um, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing on it, but I, I found it to be a very easy snack. And I'm realizing that, that I've, I've kind of leveled out for a while and I, and I, I'm just about done with the popcorn that I have in the house. So once that's gone, I'm not buying any more of it, but it's, uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I was doing a great deal of walking this summer cause I worked, uh, I worked at the local amusement park this summer and was walking on average for this, the two, two months that I was out of school, I was walking about seven and a half miles every day. Um, with that job and when even when I was off. So I was getting a lot of steps in and I'm, I need to get back into that because school years back started again. And, uh, you know, I, I work as an announcer and, uh, I've got two different organizations school that I'm in, in charge of. So it keeps me really busy at the beginning of the year, but, uh, enough about that. Cause I'm not back there till tomorrow morning at six o'clock. So we're here to talk about the cats and, uh, whether or not this was a, a premiership hangover, whether or not, you know, father time caught up to us or what just what the heck happened or whether you know we decided to go ahead and uh you know since we have a a, a stadium that is basically a uh an acronym do we decided to change it to the mash stadium and kind of have it like a mash unit this year because we certainly had our share of injuries so um i did enjoy your your um season ending wrap-up show from the uh back on the third of september and if you're a cat supporter and you've not watched it definitely check out the hoop show on youtube very detailed very well done um you guys do a fantastic job with it we really look forward to uh the end of season review episodes but i, but I must say we we much more look forward to it when we win a grand final oh yeah <laughs> Um, but I guess regardless, you win or you lose, it's very uh, it's, it's good or bad. It's lots to pull apart either way. So, um, but no, seriously, I, every every year it comes around. Uh, I I love looking forward to it, and I, and I and I enjoy looking forward to the season preview video, which we probably put out around just before the season comes out as well. So I'm actually starting to put the notes together for that already. Funnily enough, um, with the uh, with the draft coming up soon and the trade period about to start, but no, the season reviewed videos. I think thank you for that, much appreciated. But we we really really enjoy pulling it apart, understanding what went wrong, celebrating the good times, uh, understanding that not everything's fantastic in an AFL season, but mm-hmm. um, but that's footy. That's the way yeah, it goes. Yeah. That's, um, that's why they're so great to win and actually uh, climb the mountain. That um, you go through all the pain and 
Um, we're, we're, you know, this year a little bit different because we, we, we're still on the high, I suppose, coming down that mountain. Um, and, you know, you don't win it two years in a row. You can, you can live with that, I suppose. Um, it'll be a little bit harder next year, I think. We'll, um, we'll expect to be improving. Uh, well, some of us will be. Some of us will yeah. be saying we're going down well, again, but uh, we might come to that as we, as we talk. And and I'm wondering, you know, and, and you will know this much better than than I will for sure. But uh, are Collingwood supporters going to be insufferable? Right. <laughs> they're out of control. Um, a good friend of the channel, Swoop uh, Luke, Swoop Luke is a Collingwood uh, YouTuber. Right, right. He's very big on the so- socials as well. He's having a great time, and I'm very happy for him. <laughs> but but oh my goodness me, it hasn't stopped. Uh, it's been all over the channel uh the 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 tv channels in victoria uh and all the streaming services they're all obsessed with collingwood for some reason uh and every chance they get to talk about collingwood they do so even even when you're not paying attention to the socials you're still hearing all about collingwood and it's it's already driving me driving me nuts uh it's the same with any team that's not so long that i I, i'm happy for them to start with and then eventually i'm like okay you've won it go away um, yeah, and, and, and just, you know, it was, and I have to say, you know, watching the grand final and, you know, and, and hearing the story, you know, that, that Craig McRae tells, you know, about his, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't watch any of the pregame stuff, you know, I didn't see Kiss perform, I saw a little footage of it after the fact, but, you know, you know, you know, him sharing that his wife had given birth to a daughter that morning and that sort of thing. It's just, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a 60 year old man, but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there watching this blubbering, like an old fool, like, Oh, I mean, that was just, it was just such a neat story. And again, you know, you know, Mason Cox winning a premiership, you know, and he's been so maligned for so long and, and he's worked hard to, to become as good a player as he is right now. Is he the best ruck in the game? No, of course he's not. But is he is he the is he the the best American ruck that this game has seen? Absolutely he is. And he's and he did a decent job this game. And he should ha- he should hold his head up high, even though it is much higher than everybody else's to begin with. He should definitely hold his head up high because he played as well as he did. You know, so I I I applaud him. I think that's that's great for the game and and hopefully the the league. And it's going to hopefully it possibly lead to more pie supporters. Hopefully, the league capitalizes on that next year by just promoting the heck out of the premiership player who's from the U.S. If they decide to actually promote the game here, which they don't do a great job of doing, and uh, you know that's that's it for another day. But bottom line, getting to getting to the cats, the nitty gritty here. What the heck went wrong this year? Was it age? I think I think for the most part, yes. Um, I think it's always a factor of, of things when a when a team goes from winning a premiership to to falling off the ledge, so to speak. Um, but I think we were very the stars aligned in twenty twenty two. I think we're all we if we can all acknowledge that things just went really well for uh, three or four months there, and it culminated on the final day in September when we won the grand final. Right, right. Uh, it was fantastic, and maybe, maybe that tapered over. Not, not, I wouldn't say that, but maybe we were a little bit blind to the fact that it was going to be. That was just the perfect situation, as I said, stars aligned. If it didn't happen again, if those stars were just a little bit out, possibly would look very different the following year with, a, with all the players a year older and mm-hmm. new faces coming in. That that we're that familiar with the system that's going to take time, and uh, and then just you throw in just you know a little bit of a droplet. 
players, the, the, the hospital ward that became DMHBA Stadium at one stage, a whole range of different factors. And, but I think for the most part, it became just that one or two percent drop off, some of that sort of senior group, combined with injuries, combined right. with the natural improvement of the rest of the competition. Um, I did rate Collingwood very much. I did play them in round one. Uh, funnily enough, they went on to win the premiership. But at the time, a lot of the joking around the socials and, and uh, banter with Collingwood supporters in, in, in Victoria and Australia was you just smart premiers. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Little, and little did we know that they would actually become the team that they were. Um, I thought it was a fantastic performance Collingwood in round one. But I still thought, okay, Geelong, Geelong went okay. We were in the game. Right. So I think we had 16 goals free at one point. We were travelling fine. Uh, it's just that Collingwood just seemed to have the legs on us. And, uh, okay, we just won a grand final. The players are still coming back from a, a limited pre-season. A couple of players are still injured. You know, we'll be fine. Uh, but then the season just evolved and, and it just became a bit more apparent, uh, especially around the halfway mark, that things weren't going to be going as well as we sort of hoped. Uh, yeah. We were trying yeah. to convince ourselves otherwise, uh, but ultimately... I think we just sort of hit that sort of age where it just got a little bit too hard and then you combine that with the new players coming in. And it's you not know, that easy to go ahead. I was just gonna say it's just it's winning premierships isn't easy. Um, no, it's it takes, everything has to go right. <laughs> and more than one thing went wrong. Uh, that's true. Yeah. To- you know, you look at uh, you know, and I, I would argue that, you know, perhaps the biggest thing that went wrong this year i would say might be cam guthrie's toe maybe the biggest thing that happened to this club this year you know because there was just such the 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 midfield seemed to be so disjointed this year that they just they never got any real continuity and there's some talent there and i and i think you know in in a couple of years i think that that's going to be a very good midfield but they just really scuffled, you know, and, you know, and, and I think they had high expectations this year for, for Jai Clark being able to come in as a first year player and helping out. And, you know, as you guys mentioned on your, your, you know, end of the year show, you know, he lasted all of one quarter before he, he was hurt and, and was done for the year as well. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I look at the glass as being um, maybe a quarter filled, but filling right now. Because of that, because you know, I, 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 and are are you are you at all worried about the club suffering the same fate that the Eagles are going through right now? Do you think that the club would allow that sort of thing to happen? Uh, not in a million, not in a million years. Um, so I'm not. That that's that's the two extremes. One is the West Coast, and one is the other is that Geelong comes mm-hmm. back again in 2024, and we're forced and we're competing at the very pointy end of the season. I, I don't think we're going to go down the way of West Coast. We, that's not to say that we, we may struggle in the wilderness for a few years and, and as we're rebuilding and we're getting games into some of our younger players, right. some of our older players drop off even further. Um, and maybe we're not a destination club as we once were. Uh, there's, not, there's a lot of talk at the moment on radio and socials around the trade week coming up starting, I think free agency starts on Friday this week and then that leads into trade the trade period. And there's just not a lot of talk about Geelong other than other than what we're losing, Sava Radagalia. Um, that, that, that could be an interesting one next year, especially. Uh, that, that's the big question mark for me going into next year is if 
you know, we're, we're sort of accepting that we're losing Asava, but what if one of our other key defenders gets injured? So that is really going to test our depth. Uh, I just don't know how we're going to go. Uh, and are we going to bring in, is there is someone else ready to make the next step to, uh, to take on that? Right. Luckily, we had uh, Zach Guthrie step up last year. Oh. Is, is there someone else ready to make a step? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that's the big question for me. And that and that's something, you know, I and Zach Guthrie has been such fun to watch, you know, because you know, I didn't start following the game until 2016. And, you know, you know, I have hanging in my classroom the you know the tw- you know the the team photo from 2017, a big poster, from, laminated poster from 2017, and it looks like looking at at his image in that poster, it looks like he still is a couple years away from finishing puberty. Yeah, but he's but he's on a, he's on a professional football list, and and that young man has gone from that young man has gone from you know 27 2018 having his name written in in pencil on the 22 every once in a while to where. It's now written in ink, and it's it's on there every single week, and 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 he has earned that spot, and it's just been so much fun watching him grow into that. He he will likely finish in Geelong's best ten players. That's my mm-hmm. personal opinion. When the when the club's best and fairest award on uh, Thursday night called the Cardi Group Spinal on Thursday night. I'm expecting I, I did my prediction for the top ten. I had him around about seven or eight from memory. Mm-hmm. Um I think he he's had a he's had a terrific year. Yeah. And that, I think the coaches will recognise that. Maybe the rest of the AFL competition doesn't see it necessarily. Um but I, I love I love me some big baby Guthrie. Uh, the yeah. big baby muscles. He's come a long way. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to get him on the show uh, at some stage. Um I haven't figured out a way to do that yet, but uh, I'll work on some of the existing contacts that we've <laughs> we've got at the club, and I'll see what I can do. Well, but, um, he's a big he's a big fan favorite of us at the Hoop Show. Yeah, I I've not I actually got in trouble a couple of years ago because um, I after the draft in uh, would have been the twenty one draft when Nevitt and Cooper White and uh, or uh, and I, there's a third player that came in with them as well. Um, I'm drawing a blank on who that was, but. I reached out to one of them on Instagram and just said, Hey, would you, you know, would you be interested in coming on the podcast? It's unique that the three of you are kind of coming out of the same place. You're going to the same club. So they said, sure. So I, the three of them were sitting in one, the the car that belonged to one of the three of them. I spoke to them for half an hour and I had somebody on, you know, who I'm friends with on. I remember this. Yeah. yeah, On, uh, on Twitter, reach out to me. They said, how did you end up talking to them? I said, well, I just reached out to them on Instagram and they, and they work for the cats and they were like, Oh no, they can't do that. Uh, we're gonna have to have a talk with those young men. <laughs> so I, I kind of got them in a little bit of trouble when I reached out to them. But you know, I I, I was able to plead ignorance on that. But uh, you know, I'm 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 yeah, I've not spoken to that person for a while because they've not been on they've not been on social media for a while. And I, I'll send them a note every once in a while, just checking up on them to see how they're doing. But uh, um, yeah, I, I like I said, I got them into a little bit of hot water for that. But uh, it's uh. But yeah, just uh, yeah, you know, and I, I think, think it's, um, it, yeah, I, I think that yeah, you know, I think Nevitt's going to be taking a step next year. I mean, it, the, the the midfield is going to take its lumps next year, I think, but I think they're going to. I think we're going to start to see them grow into their roles a little bit, like we saw Zach Guthrie. And as you said, if they're out in the wilderness for a year or two, as they're as they're learning the game, you know, is this team going to be playing for a grand final next year? I don't know. I, I, I certainly I would love that to be the case, 
but I think that there's there's a learning curve that's going to have to take place before that's going to happen. There's someone that that posted an interesting statistic or a, or a, or a pattern a trend that when Geelong wins a Geelong wins the grand final in 2009 and then Collingwood wins it in 2010 and then Geelong wins it again in 2011 and then so they're saying the same thing will happen. Uh, Geelong won in 22, Collingwood wins in 23, and then Geelong yeah. in 2024. If you believe in that sort of stuff, um, then we do clearly. I don't think it's going to happen. Though. Well, you know, and I was going to ask you about that. Does uh, do you think that the uh, what on paper theoretically should be an easier draw this year because they're 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 going to be playing a schedule for a club that that was not in the finals? You know, they there's a there's a possibility that they may get. North Melbourne twice. They may get the Eagles twice this year. They may, you know, they may get some clubs who are still on their ascendancy. Now, those aren't going to be easy games. You know, I, I you know, I, I think as much as it's going to piss off a lot of uh, cat supporters, I, I have this sneak. I've, I've been thinking that I won't be shocked to see Hawthorne back at the eight next year. I think they're ready to make that jump. I think they're really close to re- be ready to make that jump, which I know a lot of cat supporters are going to go. I don't want to hear that. Uh, but I think it could happen. <laughs> I, think I, was about, I was just about to say, I was just about to say, chances are we'll play Hawthorne twice. Uh, we haven't, I think, I think we have for a little while now, played them twice in a season. Uh, and they're, they're the team that I'm keeping a close eye on that I think they, they showed a lot of signs. Uh, the, la- the latter won't support it, but where they finished this year, but they are showing a lot of signs that they'll be very competitive. I think they'll be a three or four win better team next year so we've got to be on the game and come up against them hopefully we get to play them at um at uh at Kidinia park well well we certainly we certainly know that uh you know collingwood and richmond will not make it there although essendon did come there this year so that's a i guess maybe the impossible could be possible who knows but i yeah i just i yeah i i just i again that's the one that's the one thing as an american fan that i just i just have I've, I understand it and I, and I've, I've certainly accepted it, but it's the one thing as an American fan that I, yeah, that, you know, that you get to play a home, your home game at the other guy's ground where a lot of, most of the fans are going to be their fans. I, that's just thing, you know, if, as an NFL fan, I don't know if you follow the NFL at all, but it, I, I joked that I said that if, you know, if the, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles were going to play a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles were supposed to be playing at home. And the league went to the Eagles supporters and said, "Well, you know, yes, you you it's your home game, but since the Cowboys Stadium is bigger, we're going to go play the game there. You're going to get all the gate receipts, but most of the fans are going to be Cowboys fans. There be a there be a convoy of Eagles supporters driving to Texas to burn down their stadium to make sure they got to play yeah. it in Philadelphia. But it's just <laughs> it's uh and again, I'm uh, not advocating that for the MCG because I'm hoping to be there next year. I'd like to see it still standing, but uh, it's just it's." It's the one stadium that hold in in Victoria and our state of Victoria, the lower part of um, Australia, that has capacity for a hundred thousand people. And right, just, right. The next the next best is fifty thousand. So, yeah. I guess if you if you're making the NFL comparison, if, if I'm not sure what stadium capacities are, I'm assuming they're around fifty, sixty, roughly, maybe the average sort of size stadium. Yeah, there, there are some that are down. there are some that are around seventy five or eighty thousand too. Yeah, I mean there there yeah. are college there are college yeah, football yeah. stadiums. <laughs> There are college football stadiums that seat 105, 110,000. Yeah. I mean, they're massive. Yeah, like, so, uh, well, I mean, if, if you had, 
if you had 10 NFL teams playing out of Massachusetts, <laughs> I don't know, and there was one big stadium in Massachusetts, right, right. you would kind of expect the, big, the bigger games to be held there. So, right, right. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated by it, and I think, but I think I'm also hopeful that with a with our new stadium, which is not too far away now, the 40,000 seat capacity, the, the final the final stage of our development, which started way back nearly nearly 20 years ago now, uh, that that's due for completion soon. So hopefully there may be though there may be the possibility of a Geelong versus Hawthorne game with 40,000, well maybe 39 and a half thousand Geelong supporters and, and 500 Hawthorne supporters. That would be that great. That would be lovely. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I just cannot wait if that happens. Yeah, it will be loud. Uh, the foundations better be built strong. I'm telling, I'm telling you now. Oh, I, yeah, I'm looking. I, like yeah, I said, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm yeah, hoping yeah, to be there next. I'm hoping to be there next year, and I just, I just, I'm, I'm so looking forward to to getting to a game there, and hopefully two games while I'm there. Um, I'm trying to map. I'm. I can't wait till the fixture comes out so I can actually start really planning when I'm going to get the most bang for my buck. Because I, I, my my hope is to try to get two games, you know, at least one, maybe two games at GMBHA. Hopefully, get to a game at Marvel. Hopefully, get to a game at the MCG. Maybe more, and then I'm contemplating making the drive to Adelaide along the southern coast and try to get to a game at the Adelaide Oval. Hopefully it'd be great if it was the cats, depending upon how the, how the fixture works out. Um, or, you know, I don't know, maybe catch it, you know, if they end up playing up at Brisbane or at gold coast, catching a flight up that direction, going and catching a game up there. And then who knows, maybe flying home from up there. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm. There's usually, kinda, um, there's usually one game at Adelaide. Yeah. Or, yeah. Just because it's two teams and, and yeah. same with Perth as well. I'm, I'd, I'd love to get to Perth Stadium at some stage. Um, yeah, that looks absolutely my, gorgeous. My, yeah, my partner and I have got this dream that we want to spend the whole season just going to all the away games if we can. So we still we've still got a relatively young family. Well, they're starting their teenage years now, but um, one one day we'd love to just be able to get in the car or, or book some flights and just go to every single John game for the whole season. So mm-hmm. all, all twenty three games would be would be great. <laughs> if we can make it happen, it'd be fantastic. So. You know, looking at at the you know the trade period coming up here and free agency coming up here, there, as, as you said, there's the club has been a destination club. It's been you know you, you, we brought in we I, we I've never been there, but we you know the, the club has brought in the likes of Patty Dangerfield. They brought in Jeremy Cameron. They brought in Isaac Smith. Um, you know they brought in uh, oh Sean. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. That came in from Higgins. the Ruse. Higgins, John yeah, Higgins, uh, yeah. Um, yeah just... That uh, you know that that came in, you know, as veteran players, yeah. You know, because it seems like Geelong, while it is still, it's a big city in the great grand scheme of things. It's it's almost like a bucolic town when you compare it to Melbourne, and and it's off the beaten path, so to speak, and and it's kind of a, a lower, a slower lifestyle that that it seems like some people embrace, and and you know. Are you worried about that changing now with with the um, the retirement of Joel Selwood and the inevitable soon to be ending of the careers of Tom Hawkins and Mitch Duncan and Patty Dangerfield coming down the road? And I and I'm going to ask you here in a moment if if you think this is the last year for any one of or a combination of those three. Uh, I think it'll be the last. I'm just I'm just looking at the playlist on a, my second screen at the moment. I think it'll be the. Last. Maybe not Patrick Dangerfield. I think 
I think Pat wants to probably play as long as he can. So it depends on his body. If he mm-hmm. he has a if he has a year where he's all beat up and banged up, then he might make a tough call to at the end. He's only, he's only just turned thirty three, so he's relatively and he's a lot of play. Like, he might sort of be keen to get as close to four hundred games as he can. I don't think he'll get there, but uh, Tom Hawkins, I think this will probably be his last year. We we did see the first signs in a long time of just a a five percent drop off from Tom. Uh, and that may have been not helped by the midfield woes that we we experienced throughout Very the year as well. And you can't you can't blame it all on Tom, but just just some flying signs of slowness, and you know even just getting up off the ground. It seems like a struck. It feels like me trying to get off the ground. Um, it's like oh god, uh, such an effort. Um, and then you know there's other players sort of around the Mitch Duncan and the Zach. You can only imagine Zach is probably at his last year as well. So yeah, there's, there's a few, and my fear is that they all want to retire at the same time, or or, or fate will conspire to force them to retire through injury. So I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but you can, I think, I was looking at the as I said that well, I was doing a uh, a look ahead to the preview for next year, and just looking at the 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 breakdown of players who've been uh, in the game for ten or ten or more years. There's, there's well over ten players mm-hmm. in that group, so there's a mass retirement coming. Yes, um, yes. When it hits, is, is it the end of next year? Is, is there some to come during preseason this year that maybe they'll wake up one morning and go, I don't want to do it, actually? Um, who knows? But uh, it's definitely coming in the next 24 months. So we'll, no, we'll see I, what I think, happens. Uh, I think you're right. And that then that be that's where the list management group really has to go to work because they're, they're, they, they've been able to continually just like reload, if you will, and, and, and bring in, you know, when, when somebody left here or there, they've been able to bring in somebody who was able to, to fill that void, but they, they may end up with a lot of voids that they have to fill. And, you know, they oh, should no, end up like, be, say that one more like time. Season 2023, we'll be, we'll be plugging holes. We'll be applying band-aids um, to fix yeah, gaps. Yeah. Um, and this, this was basically the story of 2023 that a player went down and we had to move someone to fill their spot and it created an issue somewhere else. And, this just to me it feels like the next next two years. But but to, to, to follow up on the, your, your previous question around you know is Geelong a destination club? I think the reason why a player would come to Geelong now will be different to what they came to us previously. I think previously it was because okay Geelong wins premierships. If I come mm-hmm. there, they're at that premiership window still where they can win one in the next year or two. Now it's not so much about I think players are sort of looking at Geelong and I'm I'm. I'm within the bubble of the Geelong supporters, and I, even I can say, look, I don't feel like the premiership's a year or two away. I don't feel that. Uh, I could be wrong, and and I'll I'll put my hand up, and if we win the premiership next year, I'll be gladly be wrong. But I feel like players around the competition are looking at Geelong, not thinking like that's where I'm going to win the premiership for the next two years, but looking at Geelong, that's where I might get a game in the next couple of years. So if I'm that type of player. Not getting opportunities at my club. Um, even if I am at a successful club, I might be on the fringe or I might be playing 10 games a year because I keep getting dropped. Maybe Geelong's the place where I see myself feeling like that's, 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 a, that's, a, like that's that. a great that's where I'm looking at. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, looking at the the trade period that's coming up, you know, and, you know, the, the club is delisted, you know, Cooper White was delisted, Oscar Riccardi, Sam Simpson, as we talked about off air, you know, you mentioned on September 3rd, boy, I sure hope Sam Simpson doesn't get delisted. And then the next day he was, he was shown the door and, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. 
and hopefully he finds hopefully he finds a spot somewhere else but uh you know um how do they how do they fill these holes they they have pick 7 that's it how do they go about filling this these holes because you know pick 7 is a, is a prime spot to bring in somebody that could hopefully fill a role for the next decade on the club but do you do you need that one player or do you need to start looking at it and filling in several spots uh well what they could well will we try and pick one player with pick seven or will we split the pick um would would you be surprised if geelong manufactured um something that we gave up our seventh pick and we ended up getting picks 18 and 20 for that seventh pick yeah, I, I don't. Be... I'm just. I'm thinking on the run, but I'm just saying, like, maybe that's what the approach that Geelong takes, or the other alternative that, that which I feel is the same way Geelong's done things the last five years, which five years, which has been very successful, is we trade the pick and we get someone to win a premiership now, uh-huh. uh, and you mortgage, mortgage the future a little bit. Um, risk. Um, I think we're in, in a bigger hole if we do that. I think. Yeah, I, I um, think the, the club's been very great at building on the run, and and. At, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that gets into that whole, you know, the destination thing, are they going to be able to attract people here? You know, and you know, who's going to be, who would be worthy of pick seven to bring in, you know, now I, I don't know if you've seen the stories that have kind of broken over the last, I mean, this kind of happened this morning here. So last night in, in Australia, that, that there are rumblings about Clayton Oliver with Melbourne possibly being on the way out that that melbourne's not real keen on on some of the things that he has done over these last few weeks before you know when he did not come back into the side now i'm not saying pick seven would get clayton oliver i'm not saying that at all but that yeah you plug you plug clayton oliver Mm -hmm. into that midfield with dangerfield with a healthy cam guthrie you know you're 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 keeping your fingers crossed that maybe you get something back for radicalia and that jack henry's foot stays healthy and you know, Hawkins is healthy one more time. You might be playing that last weekend in September again next year if if you're able to pull something. And I'm not saying that's happening, but I was really surprised to see his name even coming up in suggestions that he could be on the move. It's an interesting one for me. Um, and I think about it in a few different ways. One is that the first way I think about it is I think the people on the radio and journalists want something to talk about. So I don't know whether there's much substance behind this right, rumor. Right. Uh, look, it's, I, don't, I don't completely rule it out as a ridiculous idea. Uh, he's on a reasonably long contract and Melbourne might be looking at themselves, like, like Geelong's looking at themselves at the moment, thinking, are we still there about? I think in Melbourne's case, yes, they, they are. They might just make a few changes and, and be back again. Um, it is. It has been you know two or three years since they won their last premiership if, um, when they go around next season, but Maybe they're still in that window where they can still contend. Um, mm-hmm. I think someone like Clayton Oliver, he's what is he about ten years into his career now, and he might have three, three, four good years left. Yeah, a way yeah. that versus a, an untried seventh pick who might turn out to be Clayton Oliver level, or he might turn out to play one game of AFL and be done. Um, I, I, to me, I don't think Geelong would. Should take the risk on something like that. I think right. on someone like a, a Clayton Oliver, I think he'd be an instant fix for us because we need uh, an inside mid to. Uh, it'd be a, it'd be a perfect solution for next year. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I don't know if necessarily it's just it's just adding another person to that that group of ten year players, which I'm really I think we need to be yeah. adding where possible the the three to three to seven year players. That's that's really what we need at the moment. That's where we're shortest on. So, um, but you know, do you do you say no to someone like like no? I don't know. That's right, right. And again, and I have you know, as you said, it, it could simply be you know the trade the trade talk stuff just for something to to talk about, and somebody looking at it going, you know, they both seem to be rather disgruntled with one another. Maybe we should go ahead and talk about this. Maybe there's some there's some fire with this smoke that we're going to create here. You know, we're going to wag the dog, as they say. Um, but you know, looking at the trade period, do you think it is an absolutely foregone conclusion that that Radaglia is going to be wearing a different jumper next year? One hundred percent, it will be. Um, there's a lot of just talk, and it happens every year where mm-hmm. where clubs, clubs will say we're not trading him, we're not we're not giving up this, we're not giving up that. And in the end, it just happens. Um, it happens with every big name that gets floated around. Besides Radical, is good player, but he's not he's not a Gary Ablett Jr. Or anything like right? That. Yeah, so exactly. He, yeah, but he'll if, go. Um, go, you go. If if he does go, you know, and let's say that they decide not to trade him, he, he would be he would then go back into the into the draft where somebody could anybody could pick him up. Then correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think that'll happen. I think Geelong would want to take something out of it. They want to get um, something back for him on the trade, right? Yeah. So it'll probably come. It'll probably be one of those ones. It doesn't get done early. It'll it'll drag out for a few days. Eventually, it gets done. Um, hopefully. Um, both parties can walk away saving some face and being reasonably, you know, yeah. walk away saying that we won the trade. I, I think if anything, Port Adelaide wins the trade, but Geelong wants to get something out of it. We're not going to get a first-round draft pick. I think I think Geelong's being silly asking for that, but that's the art of negotiation, isn't it? You you, you start high and then you just come down from there, and uh, that's, that's the way it works. So we'll, we might get a future pick somewhere along the line. There might be some other trades that happen um before they lay there, they're gonna be very, very active this trade period. So they might be able to come up with some more picks and uh or, you know, packing well, something up for us. I'd I'd like to get a couple of picks out of it because I think, you know, the one draft pick, pick seven, really not gonna cut it. And who knows whether we still have that by the time the draft comes right, around. Right, right. And um, you know, and I've heard I've heard rumblings that it that, you know, that the uh the Hawks may be getting into the discussion. Supposedly the Hawks have offered him a significant contract, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they, they, they've got picks three thirty and 49. Now we're, we're not getting pick three for Asava Gratalia. Now maybe we'll we get, it, but we might get it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we get, uh, maybe we get pick three for Asava Gratalia and pick seven. Maybe. And then we turn around and, and flip that pick three and break that down even more. I mean, that's a, that that could be something that could happen. Um, you know, where you go ahead yeah, and sp- I'm following you there. I think I think, yeah, I think you could turn that if, if and there's a lot of things that have to play out for that to happen and um, lots of different uh moments. <laughs> um yeah, sliding doors moments. But yeah, if he had that pick three, I'd I would much prefer to turn that into a couple of um, picks in the in the 10 yeah. twenty range. Yeah, I mean, you split, know split the split the difference there. Melbourne, Melbourne has five and 13. That probably would not be enough of a drop back, but uh, mm. Sydney has 11 and 23. Um, the Bulldogs have 10 and 17. Um, you know, so there's yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we could both get new jobs. You know, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I could. Uh, <laughs> 
give Andrew Mackey a call. Yeah, um, our... get, we'll try and get Andrew. We'll try and get Andrew Mackey on the show at some stage as well. And uh, we've, uh, I'll have a, I'll have a chat to Steve Hocking to see if we can get um, get the lines to Andrew Mackey, and we'll we'll try and we'll try and get along to Trade Week this week. But well, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, yeah, be nice to be at it. I think splitting the picks, getting getting. I'm not a big believer. Maybe it's, maybe it's coming through more on my tone, but I'm not a massive believer in. Um, Throwing all your chips in on one on one player in the draft that hasn't played a single NFL game, I I, I much prefer to take a chance on on a, on someone who's been proven and you know and Geelong's going to take a different approach that a different approach from what we've taken the last five years where we've constantly been topping up because we've been in that window of right right premiership. It, it's going to take a different approach similar to the early noughties, um when we were building that premiership side. I think that's it's, it. Maybe it's a combination of the two, but. Um, we've got good people at the club. Our club is fantastic at draft week um, and try in the trade period. We're going to do okay. All sides of them, but um, and you're talking to someone who's just a passionate to long supporter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just I just think oh, my my heart tells me that we're not intending, and I think we need an approach that builds for the future. Yeah. Um, because yeah, well, keep, keep the current players happy. You know, I was going to ask you that. I, you know, th- do you think? You know, as things sit right now, and again, we don't know what's going to happen during the trade period because that's coming along here soon. But do you think that this club is going to play finals next year? Do you think that they do you think they push their way back into the eight? Uh, I think yes. Uh, yeah. Well, the time I do my review in March, I might have a different opinion. But as it sits right now, I think our best case scenario is we finished around five or six on the ladder. Um, okay. I think we'll probably end up in a in a range of five to ten, probably where okay. we'll, we'll end up. Okay. Now, I'd, I'd I'd reserve the right to change my mind once I see the fixture and and see what yeah. what plays out during the trade period and draft and uh, and so forth. But uh, and then any major injuries during preseason and all that sort of stuff that goes on. But um, but as it sits now, I think Geelong should be aiming for. Um, a finish in the finals, probably not top four. I mean, they'd want to, clearly, definitely not top two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, somewhere around that mark. So I'm trying to, and I, I guess I don't really know um, the answer to this, but uh, does the fixture get released in December or do they wait until January for that? I believe it's. I don't know the exact date, but, um, but I did do a Google search the other day to see when the 2023 fixture got released, and I believe it was the first half of December. Okay. Uh, it's a nice little Christmas present for everyone so, that loves fixtures and well, figuring out where they're going to be playing and what, what interstate trips they're making and all that. Or 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 international trips, as the case may be. That's, or international that's, trips. Yeah, because yeah, that's exactly. you know, this is that is like I said, I, I worked I worked all summer at this at this summer job and have taken on a couple new roles at school to put aside, you know, a, a tidy sum of money to to go on this trip. And of course, I I've, I've joked, I've had you know many people have said, you know, well, if you ever make the trip over, you know, you got a place to stay and I want to take you to a game and that sort of thing. Well, guess what? I'm going to probably be trying to take them up on that here in the very near future. And, and they're going to go, well, you know, I'd never thought you were actually going to come, but hopefully that's not the case, but hopefully that doesn't end up being the no, case. I'm sure, but, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it won't be. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say before, uh, would you be interested in commentating uh, a game um, in Australia? If, if that was 
somehow possible. I know of other um, of other countries that have had people come over, and the AFL has been more than welcome to allocate them a, a oh, spot, or maybe I, even a BFL level or something like that. I it's would. I, I mean, I would. I that's. I would love to do something like that, but you know, it's. I mean, you know, and because one of the other things that I want to do while I'm there is I want to go visit local footy clubs. You know, the, because I, you know, I, I start out every episode giving a shout out to a local club and try to find a unique story that's taken place with them because it helps me kind of learn, you know, the, the geography of the game throughout the country. And I, and I'll, I can go back and look at the history of some of these clubs. And, you know, I, I discovered the one that, you know, where Dusty Martin, you know, cut his teeth and grew into the, you know, the player that he became and where he played his younger days and that sort of thing. And it's just, it's just neat seeing those stories. And, uh, and then, you know, sharing with the, uh, the clubs, you know, that, Hey, I, you know, I, I did give your club a shout out. And, and, and quite frankly, to me, it's a really inexpensive way to advertise the podcast because then they'll share it out on their socials and such. So it, it hopefully gets it to grow that way a little bit, you know, and, and you know, I, I had somebody mentioned to me about a, a club that plays, yeah, just in the episodes can be coming out here right before this one, a club that plays down in Tasmania that they play all their games on a gravel field. Yeah. <laughs> On the they're on the they're on the uh, the eastern coast of uh, I think on the eastern coast of Tasmania that they actually play on a no western coast of Tasmania. It's it's near like a big like a a mine, and they their field that they played on for over a century is is gravel. Yes, no padding, they play, nothing. They, no, they play they play on a rock <laughs> field. Be. Yes, it is it is. <laughs> And I had seen this before, but I had not, I had not mentioned that club as one of the clubs of the episodes before, but it's just, it's, I mean, you know, you are already a, uh, you know, a, a, a very tough person playing this game to begin with, but then playing it on rocks is just, is mind boggling that somebody's doing that. It's just, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Up in the Northern Territory, in North of Australia, they, they play, well, there's not a lot of grass that grows. It's, it's right, very right. hot out there, and a lot of the, the locals play on basically dirt patches, really, um, mm-hmm. and with not a lot of them are wearing shoes. Right, <laughs> right. Kicking is big, big. I don't know if you ever kicked a football with bare, bare foot before, but it hurts. I'm telling yes. you, it hurts. Yes. Um, and I just, I'm amazed that they do that. And then they, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, Aboriginal kids do that. And then they, they come to Victoria and they're putting shoes on, and, and it's, a bit, it's a bit of a different experience. Um, yeah, I mean the high levels. I think they're wearing shoes, but at the very local levels, there. It's just, uh, yeah, it's interesting one that one. Just yeah, hearing that they're playing on gravel is uh, crazy. Yeah, it is. It is Tasmania. So, before we wrap up here, um, if if you were to, you know, first of all, it would be wonderful to find another Jack Bowes deal this year, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anybody's in that kind of a predicament. Um. I guess, I guess, in a way, you could say Melbourne is kind of in that predicament with Brody Grundy trying to you know, move him on. But I don't think we're, I don't think we're wanting to invest that kind of capital into that into that position because I think we're, I think we're pretty happy with who's coming along in the pipeline behind Reece Stanley, and that may be coming sooner rather than later anyway. You know, because it was nice to, nice to you know, as you mentioned in that last that last episode that you had done. You know, even though we didn't win that game against the Bulldogs, we got to see a glimpse of what the future might look like, you know, with, with Mullen and Cloacy. And it would have been great to see Jai Clark back out there healthy just to see, okay, 2027, this is what it's going to look like out here 
And these kids are going to have filled in. They're going to have gone through the process that Zach Guthrie has gone through. And we're going to go, we can compete with these kids. We can compete with these young men. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this then. And uh, yeah, I think what one name you didn't mention was Toby Conway. Um, yes. He's a big chili, as they call him. Um, I will be prepared to, for you to timestamp this comment. He'll be the a captain of the John Football Club um, for the next 10 years. He, okay. he has everything going. All, all the talk at the Geelong is that they they rate him incredibly highly. He he has a gravitas about him. He he pulls players in and he's he works hard. He's just the right kind of kid. And uh, it's just a shame we only we've only seen him for one game. But but mark mark my words, he will be the captain of Geelong. I, I love well, hearing that. That's and that's uh. And when you've got that kind of size, people are going to listen because you can just kind of lean in over them and just, you know, and get oh. their attention. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're not going to. He gonna... needs a good, he needs a good preseason and he'll, he'll, he'll play 10, 10 or 12, 15 games next year. And, and then probably that'll be the end of Reece Stanley after that. And then it'll be Toby Conway all the way uh, from 20, 2025. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I have to remind myself that I'm, I'm getting older as this is going on, but I'm really, I'm really enjoying the journey, you know, because I've, I've, you know, I don't know if you follow the NFL at all, but I've been, you know, the team that I, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan and they won a championship in 1964. I was a year old, nothing since then. So I, it's, it's, it has a little bit of a Melbourne demons um, theme to it because that was when they lasted that last one. Um, but they were, they were dominant back in the 1940s and fifties, but it, it, and then they won one in the, in 64, but it's been nothing since then. And, uh, yeah, we're kind of the laughing you stock. Le- you, I know basketball is not your thing, but you've had LeBron James, so you, you know. Not yeah, that yeah, you're, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, and and you know, the, the 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 Cleveland baseball team got close several times. You know, the Cavs were in the finals like four years in a row. But I'm a bigger Browns fan yep. than than either of those clubs, and they just they seemingly cannot get out of their way. And it's, uh, you know, so that's why I, I, one of the reasons why, again, I didn't, I, you know, people said, well, you're going to be a front runner choosing to support, you know, the cats. And I'm thinking, well, you know, okay, but, uh, you know, I'm, I've been beaten down so often by the, the team here that I do support that I don't, I don't mind, you know, looking at a club that's going to be uber successful, you know, I, cause I mean, when I narrowed it down to the, the final three clubs before I decided which club I was going to support, it was the cats, it was the magpies and it was the lions. Those are the three that I'd narrowed it down to because I saw the Lions beginning to, to, you know, at that point in time, starting to, you know, and again, they were they were just early on in Chris Fagan's tenure. So they were, you know, they hadn't really figured things out as well yet either. But it was, you know, this guy right here on this button that's right by my finger right here, who's with the Lions, at least for the coming days, he's probably going to get delisted. Nakaya Cockatoo, he's the guy that pushed mm. me into the corner to becoming a cat supporter. There was a game, wow. he, there was a game he played against Carlton that I just, I was just, fascinated by watching him play. And I thought, you know, that's who I want to support. And now he, you know, he can't get a game with, with, with Brisbane. And that that's a young man that if his body had just held up, I think he could have been a really, really good player. You know, he just had so many little know, injuries here and there. Yeah. There's yeah. always stories like that with every, with every club and there's a, yeah. there's a player or two. I mean, yep. over, the, over the journey, that's unfortunately that's the way it goes. Um, I, I'm not a v- an NFL major. I'm a casual fan. I would say I'm probably a Packers fan, um, maybe Patriots, only because I spent time in, I, I said Massachusetts before, I, I spent um, 
some time as a, as a young fellow living there for about a month, a month or so. Okay. Uh, went to went to a game, um, but probably my heart with uh, in the NBA. It's, uh, got a Golden State. Hang on. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Steph Curry man, so yeah, got the Golden State uh, Guernsey, which I haven't hung up yet. It'll go on the wall at some point. Um, there you go. Yeah, that's probably where that's where things are at. There you so, go. But um, yeah, it's... so what is going to be the uh... What's going to be the headline for the Cats going into 2024? If you're writing the headline for the, it's the Geelong Advertiser, isn't it? Is that the name of the paper? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So if you if you're right, if they come to you and say you're writing the headline for the paper for the Cats for this year, as the as the calendar year turns into the beginning of 2024 for the Cats, what's the what's the headline in the paper say regarding the Cats? Injury curse strikes again. <laughs> At the start of the year? Oh no. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm all doom and gloom at the moment. Um, just, I've just the whole year has just been injury after injury, and yeah. the, the last thing I want to hear is that we have players do a, do a knee injury or a, some kind of ham, really bad hamstring at training or something like that, or we get in trouble with the law, or you know, we have to discipline someone. So, well, knock on wood. Exactly. I, yeah. Well, fortunately, yeah. I would, I would think though that you know. I guess I have, you know, in the years that I've been following, I've not heard a single Geelong player who has found themselves getting onto the wrong side of, of law enforcement. I, I've not, unless it's, unless I've missed it. I've not heard. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, you know, you know, when they were in the, uh, in the hubs and such, you know, shy Bolton getting into a little bit of hot water and, you know, other things happening. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention one of his teammates because you know he's having some issues and has had some problems. I'm not going to mention that, but, uh, you know, that has gone on as well, but. Uh... Oh, look, we're with that. I mean, I can go, there's a few Geelong players, I won't name them, but, um, but anyone who's followed Geelong since 2007 or, or earlier will know that it's an incident at a, at a hotel pub drinking hotspot in Torquay where someone tried to climb the wall and, and hurt their ankle. Uh, and then we had one other one of our, uh, a player that got involved with um, uh, some cocaine, a few ah. other things. Okay. Uh, a while a while ago, so uh, that was years and years ago. But we've had a pretty clean sheet for a while. So yeah, I think even Joel Selwood might have had a speeding ticket at one point. So, but you know, <laughs> Geelong, Geelong is a small town, and uh, you, yeah, you don't want to get. I think there's probably one reason why you don't want to get in trouble because it will be all over the newspaper front page if you get a speeding ticket. So yeah, big belly, something well relatively. Yeah, tickets are clearly a serious thing. Okay. But someone said, um, "Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty good." We're, uh, I just think, oh, it's a, you know, it's a, is it going to be the the doom and gloom preseason? I don't know. I hope not. not. Hopefully, I've ended the show on a really bad note. I no, that's to, okay. Maybe I bring a bit more, a bit more light and energy into That's it, okay. So, who are you? The doom and gloom headline. Knowing who is on the list right now, yeah, because we don't we don't know who's what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. But who are you the most excited about seeing in twenty twenty four? I think uh, Tanner Bruin showed a lot of signs at the half of last season, just called the season just gone. Okay. Uh, I think he really he really looked like he was struggling to find his way inside to start the to start the year and and then around about that halfway mark, it just clicked and, and I'm surprised he's so so young still. Uh, I think he's coming into his fourth year or fourth or fifth year now and I think we're ready to see the makings of one of the next great AFL players. I think he's going to really take that step into the probably the top 
top 30, top 25s in the game. Maybe not next year, but but I think his trajectory is looking really positive. So I'm very yeah. excited about him. And, I, yeah. and I'm really, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the debut of Phoenix Foster. I want to see Phoenix Foster. He, he's got a bit of a cult following at Geelong at the moment. He was nice enough to come on our show. And there's lots of people that uh, love this guy. And he, he can't understand it. Neither can I really. It's just, he's just got this, he's just a really nice kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone just, I don't know, we've just fallen in love with him. We want, we want to see him play his first game. So hopefully that's not too far away. Well, it, you know, it, looks, like it looks like he, you know, he's got, you know, he's the same height as Tom Hawkins, but he's got to put on, you know, he's still about 14 or 15 kilos lighter than Tom Hawkins. So he's going to need to, he's going to need to fill out a little bit or, uh, you know, there's going to, you know, you know, Stephen May or, you know, Darcy Moore is going to hip check him across the, across the goal square and he'll be picking him out of the front row if there. So he's going to have to get a little bit, you know, probably a little bit stronger there, but again, I don't know much about him, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust your judgment on that because, you know, you are so tuned into the club there. So Ben, where can people find your show and where can people find your work? A couple of places. The the most easiest place to find me on socials is is Twitter. I'm all over Twitter, probably too much. It's probably annoying everyone, but uh, at the Hoop Show on Twitter, Uh, we're on we're on Instagram as well and uh, a few of the other ones. But uh, if you want to tune into some of the the visual content that we're putting out there, uh, it's the Hoop Show on YouTube. Uh, You could just be able to search for that these days. We've put out about 350 videos now, so I think. I think YouTube recognizes who we are mm-hmm. when, you, when you type into the hoop show. Yep. Um, and yeah, look, uh, as, you, as you mentioned before, we, we do uh, we do some interviews because um, people connected to the club, uh, people connected to the AFL industry, people like yourself, and you were kind enough to come on. And your video is doing really well. Every now and then I, I check it, and it's like, oh, a couple of people have watched uh, your video. <laughs> so you, are, I think you were the first or the second person to come on on that on that interview series and we're now up to about 40 interviews and and the most recent one is we have the ceo of Geelong on there so yes yes um, so we we are probably looking at um at, at focusing in on some really big names next year and uh, i'm always reluctant to sort of say who they are until we record those shows but right, so that's, right. a, that's a really good one. and that, that might sustain people over the summer fall yeah, australian summer at least anyway we've had a lot of Geelong footy on tv some of those Roughly hour-long interviews if you're driving somewhere or you're going, you're at the gym or whatever. Um, put one of those shows on, and, and uh, they're always good fun. So let me ask you this question: Would you suggest that you know, because my international membership that I have, you know, has no access to tickets or anything of that nature because I'm not, you know, I'm not there. But if I'm coming next year, is it going to be in my best interest to get a a different type of of membership as well, so I can probably get tickets or will I be able to, f- to find them elsewhere once um, I come there? I think I would have conversations with the club. Um, okay. I think Geelong's very good at welcoming people to games and the club and, and uh, even, even big games really, but they'll always try and accommodate people that maybe are from overseas or state or, or, um, tourists and things like that. Um, if you get in early and you say, look, I'm from America, I'm traveling mm-hmm. over here, and, uh, I'd love yeah, to get I... to a game. And I think that I think they'll try and make it work for you. Uh, yeah. Look, at a 40,000 40, seat stadium at Geelong, it's very likely to get a seat now. Uh, but yeah, if you came this year, you wouldn't have had a chance. Even I, I lived five minutes away and I can't get a seat half the time with a membership. So, wow. So, probably okay. going to be a little bit easier next year. 
Okay. Well, yeah, because like I said, I'm I'm hoping to get there. Like I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping to see at least, you know, four or five games at different parks while I'm there next year. You know, that's that yeah. that's in an ideal situation. That's what I'd love to do. You know. The club is extremely accessible and they will bend over backwards to support uh, to help people like watch yourself. Uh, that you know, it's not easy to get to games. They're very they make it very uh, easy for people that, that do find it hard to get to games, okay. whether you've got a physical disability or um, or something else, or you're from not from the right. area. And, and again, I'm so, I'm yeah, definitely yeah, I'm going to be reaching out and going through the proper channels and try to make connections with with a few people as well, as opposed to just reaching out to them on Instagram and getting them into trouble. <laughs> well, but uh, although you know, what we do, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was yeah, and and. And there was nothing, you know, there was, you know, they didn't say anything that was malicious or anything like that, but it just was, I, 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 I got them in a little bit of hot water there. So, um, I appreciate you, your time this morning, man. And I, I'm, uh, I can't wait until 2024 to get started because like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to, like I said, spend three to four weeks in Australia next summer, our summer. Um, and, uh, I'm just so looking forward to uh learning you know more about the country seeing it in person and actually talking to many of the people that i engage with even if they are supporters of other clubs and a lot of them are i do talk to lots of supporters from other clubs i've got plenty of them that have said they want to you know take me to you know club x club y club z and i and trust me i'll i'll go watch anybody play i mean i just i i just want to be able to go to the mcg and and just look around and you know walk around the stadium and, and hopefully you know before I go there, make connections to where I can maybe even get the chance to sit down and talk to some people as well. You know, cause I plan on bringing my, you know, some of my, re, you know, my portable recording equipment with, with me there to actually do some hopefully face-to-face -face discussions with people, whether they be players or people that are working for the clubs or, or just supporters of, of, of the clubs. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not sure how I go about getting a press pass, but I'm, I'm going to start working towards that thing. And I'm thinking, you know, as you've done, you know, you've got 350 episodes of your show. I, I'm at like three, this is like 343 for me, you know, I'm closing it on 350 as well. So it's, uh, you know, we're both doing our, our darndest to promote this game that, that you've grown up loving and that I've fallen in love with late in life. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to bring a whole new fandom into the game because you know because we, we when it comes to sports we're a cash cow here you know and i've, I've always argued that if, if we can figure out how to get one percent of the american people interested in footy the afl would would not know what to do with all the money they would be bringing in i don't think they they would they would they'd be i mean that's 10 percent of australia's population if we get one percent of us I think you know, they probably need to schedule a game at eleven o'clock Australian time, which I'm not sure what prime time is for you over there, prime prime viewing time. But uh, well, well I think trying to watch trying to watch games at two or three in the morning in these states, it's not really going to. No, that's call, true. But I, but simo. I've argued that if that they should at, if at least they should, you know, advertise that the games are on because the the Fox Sports channels are here are doing a decent job of showing the games, but there's never any advertising like you see the crawls on the bottom of the, of the the channels that you're watching that say that you know watch the uh the the grand prix or the motocross or whatever whatever events coming on it's going to be on you know 
Fox, whatever channel, Fox racing channel at, at 4 PM or whatever. We don't get that sort of thing here at all. The games just show up at two o'clock in the morning or at five 50 in the morning and that sort of thing. If they, if they could just at least say that they're on, so people could set their, the DVR, set the recorder on their television network so they could go back and watch it at a later time. I think it would be great if they could do that. Now on the West coast, it's a little easier to do because sometimes a lot of the games, you know, the, the, uh, the games will be coming on at, uh, sometimes like nine or 10 o'clock at night. So the games that are, you know, like, you know, the, the two o'clock games are coming on at 11 PM. Um, you know, if you get a game that starts at say noon, that's a, that's like a 9 PM. The previous evening thing on the West coast, it's midnight here, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are interested in the game out there. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's something I wouldn't rule out in years to come. I think of a, an earlier start, a, a one game to around that maybe starts at 12 o'clock. Yeah, Australian time. Well, I'm talking about Eastern Standard Time in Australia, right? right. Uh, or an eleven o'clock. I mean, they're, they're starting to show a few AFLW games at eleven a.m. Uh, it's probably too early for most people, but but a, but a twelve o'clock start, I think it's got some potential there, especially for those the US market. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about China and so forth with there's an interest there, but there's definitely every every time you speak to someone from the states that say they've seen a game with Aussie Rules, they say, "Why haven't I not seen this before? This is fantastic." I've never, I've never actually spoken to anyone that's seen a game and goes, meh, I just, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, I, they fall in love with it straight away. So it, it's odd that it just hasn't taken off um, any I, more I, than it has. In, in a recent episode, though, we were, we, uh, uh, Mick Aussie and I were talking about, I, I did say that I was hoping that, I was hoping that no Americans turned, tuned in to watch the, for the first time to watch the last eight minutes of the Collingwood and Giants game a couple of weeks ago, because, there was absolutely no movement and then they would have, you know, you've just been watching, you know, ball up, tackle, ball up, tackle, ball up. And and it's like, what the heck is this? Why is this exciting or interesting? <laughs> but so, well, you have to watch the first two and a half hours that led to this. So hopefully nobody tuned in at that point in time. Or watch the bounce of the grand final where they had, they bounced it and they started it again. Like what happened? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. That's... Why did he bounce it? I don't know. <laughs> should, uh, okay, last time. thing, should they just get rid of the bounce? And just toss up from now on? Oh, um, I think, yes, they should get rid of the bounce. Uh, it, it's probably one of those traditions that is, I'm not that wedded to at all. Yeah. There's, there's other traditions. And I, I'm, more, I'm more of a kind of supporter that is happy to, to look at making change where, where it would improve the game. I'm not, I'm not fixed on how the game was played in 1940 necessarily. Uh -huh. um, but, but I think the bounce is one that's easy for me to part ways with. And I had seen something. I had seen something not long ago where they, you know, when they were actually doing a ball up out all over the ground that they were even, where I saw images where they were actually bouncing the ball like off on the wing and that sort of thing, which I, I didn't realize they were even doing that. And that was, that was until fairly recently that they were still doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, they, they've got rid of that. It just seems to be after a goal now that it gets bounced up. And, yeah. And even then half the time they get it wrong. And, um, and it means some of the, um, it's probably more of the umpires that can't do it. And, yeah, it's a skill. I can't do it. I wouldn't. Know. I don't know if you've ever tried to go out into a in a backyard somewhere and bounce. Well, I've football. I've, tr not... I've tried. I've tried to go out and just kind of like <laughs> as you would be running along and trying to bounce it to get it to come back to me. I don't know how people do that because I've I've never uh -huh. had it go. I've never I've had it go sideways. Never had it come anywhere close to coming back to me. But uh, again, what I'm not coordinated do? at all. Get your football. Find a find a hallway in your house and try and kick the ball into one of the doors. Just bend. You know how they do that little banana kick that'll mm -hmm. bend it along the ground. Yeah, practice that. I, I used to practice that one as a kid all the time. That was good fun. Drive my parents crazy, but 
that's fine. Well, I could I could I could do that at our fo- at our football field with the soccer goals. I could go try that there. That would be yeah. 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 Just have people looking at me more strangely than they do. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for your time this morning. So this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm. I think that next year is going to, it, it may be a tough transition years as you were alluding to, but I think that uh, to borrow a, uh, a line from the guys from talking Hawks and I hate to borrow a line from, from a Hawthorne podcast, but you know, when I spoke to them a couple of years ago, they were looking for what they call green shoots. And I think if we see some green shoots from some of these youngsters making the next step forward, ready to fill in, behind the players who are about to end their careers. I think that's something we can certainly look forward to. And and while we may make finals next year, I think if we see progressions, even if we end up at nine or 10, as you said, you saw us being five to 10. I think if we make, if we make progressions and things look good, we might be able to still look at nine and 10 and go, I can live with that because 2025 is going to be pretty darned. Okay. I think so. I think we can turn things around quickly. Um, you can just as quickly fall off the cliff like we did this year as well. So yeah, no one would have predicted tenth finish or whatever. No, no. And 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 I again for those of you who don't listen to my podcast often, I I do have to admit that I did not even have Collingwood in my top eight this year, and I have I have taken uh, I've taken I've given myself all kinds of grief for that. So you don't have to do it, but I I also I didn't I didn't have Frio in the top eight either. So. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I, I think GWS is going to be a top four side next year. I really do. I completely agree. Yeah. I, completely you know, agree. I mean, they're coming, you know, they're coming in, you know, they've got, uh, um, they've got looking at their, at their picks before we go, they've got, uh, picks, they got six and 15. So they've got two first rounders coming this next year. They got Richmond's first round pick. Um, so I, I, I don't know how Gold Coast uses up all the picks they have. They've got like 10 picks, but I know they've got a lot of academy kids they're going to have to trade up and try to find spots for. Yeah, but, I don't know how oh they well. do it. But, uh, I think, uh, I think watch, watch the watch the trade period, though. That'll probably give you the best guide as to yeah. teams that are going to come good next year. And Looking it, might be, it might be might be Port Adelaide, it might be GWS. But, uh, could be Collingwood could be again going all the way. Who knows? So they've still got a reasonably good age profile there. So yeah. Same with Brisbane. And if, and if, uh, you know, if the, uh, if the blues can get out of their own way late in the season, maybe it'll end up being them as well. But Hey, Ben, I appreciate you coming on. My guest has been Ben Reeve from the hoop show on uh, YouTube and you can find them on. So what is your Twitter tag? You, you mentioned you're on Twitter. So where can people uh, follow you there? Yeah, it's just a, at the hoops show. Okay. That's it. Yeah, it's just at the hoop show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, cool. Little blue logo thing. All righty. Yeah. Well, hey, Ben, have a fantastic Wednesday and enjoy the warming weather. I hope the rain stops for you today and get outside and do something fun. And okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. Go get, a, go get a fresh coffee. Thanks for having there me on. Go. I love, love talking about cats. Let's do it again sometime. You bet. Cheers. All right, Ben. Hey, I do appreciate you taking time out of your morning uh, to sit down and chat with me, man. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Love the decor in your uh, recording room as well. I think you said you were in your garage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Hopefully by the time this uh, gets released, we'll have found out whether or not the cats have blinked and have actually picked up something for Asava Radigalia because it sounds like the discussion is still going on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. 
Uh, check up on your friends. I did listen to the uh, latest episode of Ricky Nixon's uh, Chicken Coop uh, podcast this morning, and he had a great discussion with a gentleman who is involved with a uh, a push called Talktober. Um, and, you know, encouraging people to, you know, to talk to one another if they need to, if they have uh, any issues that they need to discuss, if it's a mental health kind of thing, that that sort of thing. And and I, I certainly encourage people to do that. Um, you know, I, I know I certainly at times need to do that with people. So I do try to reach out where I can. Um, but uh, check up on your friends. And if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out. You can look in the show notes for every episode of my podcast. You're going to find all that information in the show notes, uh, those numbers in Australia, as well as in the United States. So you can uh, talk to somebody if you need to speak to them. So folks, remember, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You'll find links to all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at yank, at yank underscore on on Twitter. Um, I do hope you'll consider getting on the mailing list. I hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. That would be a huge help. Uh, it's been amazing. And again, very small podcast on YouTube, okay? But the amount of feedback that I've received recently on Facebook, I'm sorry, on YouTube has been tremendous. Yeah, and I'm just a very small fish in a huge pond, uh, but... Considering about three months ago, I think I had 25 subscribers and I've now gotten close to 170 at this point in time. Yes, I know 170 is not a lot, but uh, for, you know, a show who's not spent a lot of time on YouTube and is trying to get caught up over there. I do appreciate all of you who have been checking out the show. I do hope you'll check out the, the podcast as well. I head over to my website uh, again. If you want to help out the show, you can certainly do that that buy me a coffee page. You can click on my Redbubble store page as well. Um, as many of you know, my plan is next year to spend three and a half to four weeks in Australia during footy season. Uh, I cannot wait for the fixture to come out so I can actually sit down and start figuring out where can I go? How can I get the most bang for my buck? Um, but as I'd mentioned, I think I have my I have my airfare taken care of and uh, some other money as well. Uh, but uh, I know several people said, hey, if you come, want to take you to a game, I'm probably going to take you up on that. So I've been thinking about trying to make the, the, the drive from uh, Geelong or Melbourne over to Adelaide to see a game at the Adelaide Oval. But then I've also been thinking that it might be really interesting to take the ferry uh down to tasmania and possibly catch a game either um yeah either the stadiums down in tasmania as well and i know tasmania is a big island so that would take some travel as well but i just think you know getting out on the ocean again having lived on an aircraft carrier for almost two years of my life um would kind of be neat to do that again i mean i swore off with my with my family i said i would never go on a cruise in my life and back in 2015, we got the opportunity to go on a cruise to Alaska. And uh, again, that had been 30, almost 30 years since I'd been in the military. And I truly enjoyed it. Okay. We, they didn't, we didn't have snails to eat on an aircraft carrier. Um, we had the dreaded breaded triangle fish, though. So, folks, remember, you can find everything about the podcast at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll check it out. Reach out. If you got any questions, shoot me an email, yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. 
Love the comments on uh, YouTube. I'm trying to respond to as many of them as I possibly can. If you've got questions, by all means, shoot me an email. Shoot me a note over on one of my socials. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, everybody, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. Cheers, everyone.